What is going on, everybody? My name is Chuck. I'm the director of sales here at VMP, and to my left is Mr. Aaron Mick of Comp Cams. Today on Burnout Box, we're going to be answering some cam-related questions. We're going to go over, uh, you know, how to make these modular cars faster. Some of the other stuff that Comp gets into. They are a pretty big company that owns a few other little odds and ends. I guess you could call. Major companies, odds and ends. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, we're going to go over all things valve train, cam, lifter, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and then, you know, what other questions you guys have for VMP and what everybody's feeling today. And we'll talk about it all other than tuning because neither one of us are tuners. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we're excited to uh, take some questions today. And um, I guess, first off, I actually want to talk a little bit about. VMP, if you don't mind, I don't want to take the spot off of comp at all, but well, we are in your house. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how you know Texas A&M when whipped up on your uh, oh, oh man, but, He's uh, striking at the heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, for some VMP news, we actually had NMRA World Finals at Bowling Green this previous weekend, and VMP came away with some hardware. So we had Bill Putman, uh, who's got our Gen 3 blower. He actually won the event uh, with UPR. Samantha Moore running our Gen 3 blower. She actually got third place in Limited Street. And then uh, Michael Sobrowski, uh, Gen 2R uh, blower, he won the class this year and got second place at the event. So we love to see these guys out there running our stuff, making passes, winning events. That's just the VMP way. So big congrats, Samantha Moore, Bill Putman, Michael Sobrowski. Freaking good job, guys. Keep it up. Can't wait to see what you guys put on next year. So I don't know. That's what I got for an intro. Way to go. (laughs) Any questions yet, Carrie? Uh, We have a whole bunch of, hey, guys, what's up? Um, But how do you measure a cam, lobe, and all that? Um, oh, well, it depends. So, uh, like, the way we would measure it is going to be on a large machine called an ADCOL, uh, which kind of industry standard machine for checking camshafts. Um, that machine can measure out to the eighth decimal place. Um, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, it's about a $250,000 piece of measuring equipment. <laughs> it's, um, it's more precise than my ruler is what yeah, I mean. Yeah, just slightly, slightly. <laughs> I'll, um, you know... Uh, but uh, it's actually it's so sensitive that uh, you have to stand the camshaft upright in the uh, machine because if you turn it on its side, it would measure the sag in the camshaft. That's actually mm. ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a little over the top. <laughs> um, so that's how we measure it. Uh, now, if you, say, wanted to measure something like in the car, a uh, dial indicator on top of the lobe uh, with a degree wheel, uh, kind of the way to approach it there. You, you brought up something that I thought was interesting because I had bought a set of camshafts for my two valve, which I know you're a big fan of. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, Best engine ever. <laughs> whenever, after I purchased that, the guy who told me, he was like, you know, make sure you, you stand the cams upright if you're not putting them in the engine right away. Because right. If, you, if you lay them on your, their side, they, it can warp the cam. That is, that is correct. I, uh, oh, it can. I know, like, that's hard to imagine this big piece of steel, like, warping or bending just by laying somewhere. 
Uh, but it, it does happen if you let it set like that over time. Uh, it will develop a bend in the camshaft. That's now, crazy. obviously, like not that you're going to see right. with you with your eye, RPM, but right, yeah, you're going to notice it. And will that just will that basically rattle a valve train to death kind of thing? It can. Uh, it can. It can cause different problems. So, like in like a two valve car where it's got to go and set in the cradle, um, so that can cause a problem if you've got some bend in the camshaft. Of just uh, oh, yeah, the so cradles. Cam caps out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. That's crazy. It's still crazy to me that a piece of steel like that will bend just by sitting on something. Yep. I guess it makes sense. So in the boxes, do you guys? I, I think you guys have like a like a styrofoam piece that kind of holds it in place. Yeah, or? we normally do. Uh, we'll use kind of a, a foam, uh, pretty sturdy foam piece somewhere in the box, typically uh, to take up any extra space for the cam. Obviously, it's oiled and bagged as well. Uh, these are pretty sturdy boxes, and then it's going to go inside of another box that'll have packing around it right. uh, for shipping. Right. Uh, every now and then, a shipping company gets a little willy-nilly, and <laughs> uh, we'll have a bent one or something oh, uh, in that. shipping. I, but I've seen EPS tree packages, and I just don't believe that. Right, right, right. How they absolutely handle them with care. So a lot of people want the big cam with lots of overlap in their street car. Um, but don't realize how it affects drivability and sometimes low-end torque. Yeah. Can you talk about, quote, chop and how overlapping cam timing affects drivability? Absolutely. I'll, um, or at least I will pretend like I know how to. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, um, no, uh, so the chop or lope from the camshaft does come from the overlap, uh, which basically means you know, intake and exhaust valves open at the same time. Um, oh, that's what produces the sound that we all want. Oh, uh, oh, oh, and it does sound great. Oh, in order to get it there, um, generally speaking, you're going to have to put some pretty decent amount of duration on the camshaft. Uh, and lobe separation plays a part in that as well. So the tighter the lobe separation, meaning the smaller the number, um, oh, the more overlap the camshaft will have. Uh, so big duration, uh, tight lobe separation equals a lot of over, overlap, really cool sound. Uh, generally, it's going to also kind of equate out to a much more peaky uh, RPM band. Um, pretty poor, low RPM drivability. Um, oh, you're going to get into some of those situations, depending on application, size of the camshaft, etc., how much overlap's actually in it. but. You, you might get into a deal where, you know, at cruise, where your setup's at, you know, say 2,800 RPM or whatever, how uh, the cam still wants to kind of lope. How, uh, <laughs> how, and that's definitely not what you want it's when kinda, you're trying to go down the road. That probably affects, like, the overall like, combustion event if you have overlap yeah. at, at RPM. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. How, um, so... Uh, it can definitely uh, can definitely create some drivability issues, uh, and it will definitely so more duration uh, to get that overlap is typically going to move the power band up. Uh, so you're going to move bottom end torque. Uh, you know, on a race car um, so, or something just going down a track where we can stall it and gear it to operate in a, a specific you know this 2,500 3,000 RPM window. How, uh, stuff like that's just not important. How, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, if you're leaving the line at 5,000 RPM, who cares how much torque it makes at 3,500? <laughs> um, so, but, you know, if you're driving this thing around uh, um, and you're cruising in it and you're out having fun, well, all of a sudden what it does at 3,500 RPM 
It's pretty probably important. matters. Because uh, <laughs> you're going to spend probably a good deal of your driving time around that, that mid-RPM range. I'll, so you mean uh, to tell me that these massive cans that they put in the small block Chevy that just chop you know, every three seconds right. probably don't make a whole lot of low end torque? No, not generally. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's one of those deals when camshafts are very specific to the application. Uh, there is never like, oh, this cam is good for everything. Uh, or there is no, this cam is bad for everything. Uh, but um, you just want to go with whatever size camshaft really is kind of proper for your engine combination, uh, um, the, the application of parts you're putting together. Uh, bigger is definitely not always better, oh. although it, it, it will sound cooler, yeah, we but try to it might people, go slower. We try to tell people that in the blower world, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, my 3.6 liter blower made less than your 265. What's wrong? It's bigger. Well, you yep. have some news here. That's right. That's right. Does Comp make a no springs required camshaft set for GT500? Not currently. Uh, on a GT500, we don't have anything that is a no springs required. Um, oh, uh, we probably should though. It's a it's a good point. I'll, I will uh, mention that when I get back to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a uh, no spring required install on my 19 GT today. We are. We are. So they do make. No spring required cams, just not on the GT500. That's right. Yeah, we do it on the Coyotes uh, and the three valves, uh, just nothing on the GT500s currently. Uh, is it worth the money to get custom cams on a 4.6 liter dual overhead cam with centrifugal blower instead of getting off the shelf cams? That's an interesting question. So maybe yes, maybe no. Um, so the reason off-the-shelf grinds exist is because there are often common parts applications that people go with. Uh, so, you know, if you've got, like me, an 0304 Cobra car, you know, it's very common to see somebody with a 2.3 or 2.9 type blower and bolt-ons and, uh, you know, something like that going in. Uh, Oh, most guys are using pretty much the same types of parts. Oh, we can kind of backtrack from there and make a shelf grind camshaft that's pretty applicable to that. Right. Uh, um, so if you've kind of got that car, well, honestly, a custom grind probably not going to do a whole lot for you. Right. Um, oh, but uh, if you've got something that's a little different or a little out of the norm, and so it's just the, the parts that actually end up with a part number and are sold to warehouses and things like that are just the cams that were most often sold. Yes. And so they probably are going to fit your application. Like he was saying, most of the time, unless you're that guy that's got the unique setup, you know, right. you got some weird head port and you're running some Paxton blower that nobody else really runs and yep. you're running it through a C4. There's applications where a custom grind cam makes sense but yeah. i would say 90 probably 90 percent of the time off the shelf parts yeah realistically yeah probably 90 percent of the time an off the shelf cam grind is going to put you very 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 close to whatever i could do for you on a custom grind yeah oh um well, that being said we can always get them for you though absolutely oh yeah, as far as that goes, we will make whatever the customer wants. So if you want a custom grind, I'll make sure you get one. Uh, does CompCam have anything for the GT350 yet? I'd love to see some products. We, we do and we don't. Um, so currently, we don't have cam cores for the GT350 that has retained the flat plane crank. 
we do have uh, cam grinds for the GT350 heads, the Voodoo head, uh, going on to a 90, a standard, a traditional 90 degree crank engine, because um, oh, a lot of the guys uh, have swapped those heads onto their Coyotes. Yep. Uh, so and the geometry of that head, the follower and rocker and everything is, is completely different from uh, the regular Coyote. Uh, um, so we do have grinds for that, uh, but we don't currently have anything uh, for a actual flat plane GT350. But I'm getting that request more and more, yeah. uh, so it's being talked about more and more. The, the cars are dropping in price some. And they've yep. been out for a while now, so they're getting into the hands of some people who are maybe more willing to mod them, I think. Yep. Yeah, so. as that kind of happens more, uh, that leads uh, us to be more apt to make something for it, basically. You're looking at an engine that is only in one specific model of a vehicle, and right. it's not shared in any other platform. Yep. So the market is small for it, uh, is, is just kind of the reality yep. of the situation. Uh, um, so it's a large investment for our company to go in and create a complete camcore uh, for something. For a car that was so limited. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's kind of why it doesn't exist yet. Uh, definitely not because we don't want to play with that motor because it's awesome. Yeah. We do. But, <laughs> um, oh, but that's kind of where we are right so you now. So you make a cam for the Voodoo head, just not necessarily if it's bolted onto a Voodoo block. That's correct. <laughs> oh, that is crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, why don't we talk a little bit, what other products does Comp produce in offer out there in the market. Oh, that is a whole oh, uh, can of worms. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> you know, for those that don't know... Yep, absolutely. So Comp Cams uh, is actually Comp Performance Group. Uh, so Comp Cams is the parent company. Uh, in that umbrella is also uh, Fast Fuel Injection, um, Zex Nitrous, TCI Transmissions, RHS Cylinder Heads, uh, powerhouse tools and Inglis, uh, which is an eight-stack induction system, and and uh, as well now uh, driven racing oil. Lunati. Uh, no, no, no. no. Oh, no uh, that's a no, not a comp. Our, not a comp deal. I'll shut my mouth. <laughs> um, regarding the comp cams new release, are there any specific torque and horsepower numbers that you can share regarding the 1819 Mustang GT? What gains can end users expect with stage one and a uh, stage two and a, and is there a stage three? Um, oh, currently, I think we've only got a stage one and two. Uh, that's a workable part number right now. Uh, most likely, yes, that will be followed up with more. Um, oh, um, I don't want to give out power numbers just yet. I, I know already people hate me for not doing so. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but we've got more testing uh, we're doing before I'm, I'm real comfortable uh, giving out a number. Because if we give out a number, we want to be sure that it's a very, very repeatable number. Yeah. Um, so no, no Hail Mary, one only passes. Right. Yeah, no, no. We absolutely refuse to do that as a company. Uh, um, so uh, I mean, are they going to make power? Yes, without question. Uh, you know, it's going to make pretty good power. I, I've seen some make very good power uh, in the testing we've done so far. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why we're here at VMP is doing a little extra testing on some 18-plus Coyote stuff right now. You guys didn't just come to eat tacos. We did not, <laughs> although the tacos were great. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. who knew Florida had great tacos? Yeah, well, it's a surprise of the day. <laughs> 
We will. We will. In fact, be releasing power numbers from my car, though. We will. Yeah. We will. So that's that's coming out. Oh, um, oh, that is going to be. Uh, those cams are a little. Uh, the cams going in uh, yeah, Chuck's car not, are a little bit different. Yep. How uh, kind of a deal? Um, but that's, that's uh, what I was talking about earlier with the every cost. Every cam was a custom grind at one point in time. Yep. That's kind of what these are. Yep. One hundred percent. They're a custom grind right now. <laughs> oh, they'll probably be a part number, at least hopefully, because they better make some power. Yeah. It's almost as if we're preparing my car to uh, have a supercharger on it. Yeah, almost. Yeah, almost. Like hey, a, who would have ever guessed? An 1819 car at VMP getting ready to have a supercharger. Yep, mm. 100%. Hmm. Um, regarding the GT350 grinds, does the Voodoo engine want more duration, lift, although we're kind of maxed out already, or duration and lift? Um, Everything always wants to oh, both of those. Well, true. <laughs> uh, so definitely, uh, uh, duration is what's what's really going to make uh, uh, the camshaft larger and make the power. Um, as kind of a oh, as hobbyist in this industry, uh, a lot of times we tend to kind of focus on lift numbers when it comes to camshaft grinds. Yep. Uh, and don't get me wrong, lift is important. It's an important aspect. Oh, uh, oh it definitely helps make power. Um, but I, the way I kind of explain it to people, uh, duration is more important. And the reason for that is kind of pretend like you're sitting in front of two windows. And you raise one window all the way open for five seconds and then close it. When you raise the other window half the way open, leave it open for 30 seconds and then close it. Well, which window just had more air come through it? Yeah. Well, the one that went halfway up, right. even though it wasn't lifted as high. Yeah. How, um, so it's because it was held open longer. And air in and out is how we make power. That is the most simplistic explanation that makes the most sense of, of cam operation I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to try to make it uh, applicable to everybody. I feel like that, uh, and I could be wrong because I'm not, I'm not the cam guy, but I feel like higher lift is also harder on valve train parts in general. Like... It, springs it and can be. And um, there are some some areas there. So it's one of those things. Like, is 800 lift harder on valve train springs and etc. than 500? Yeah, absolutely. Is 527 lift harder on on valve springs and valve train than 501 lift? Well, you know, like <laughs> probably technically in some minuscule decimal point out here, but right. not in any measurable way that you're ever going to really notice. Yeah, we had to put that on the Alco standard, mm. or whatever you called it, yeah. to measure that one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, the same person who is asking about um, the voodoo in information, he says, let's assume I want to focus on the mid and top range of the voodoo's RPM band for road course racing. Yep. Good area to focus on. Um, Derek wants to know: Do any of them chop at all on the eighteen nineteen Mustangs? Some. We could tune that in there. I'll, um, <laughs> well, that's true too. I'll, uh, so obviously, the the smaller grinds, more of your stage one stuff, uh, is generally not going to have any lope. Uh, it does have a noticeable different tone to the exhaust uh, than what the stock cams will. It, it gets kind of a deeper. How uh, you know more guttural tone, if that makes any sense. Um, but um, uh, kind of past that, you do tend to get a little bit of lope. Uh, nothing crazy, you know. It's not ever going to be uh, you know a, a, a four fifty four <laughs> right. seventy you know Chevelle or something. I was sitting there just beating the ground. 
how uh, chopping like is not quite what those engines are just ever really going to get to. Um, those oh. engines also typically don't rev to 8,000, 9,000 right. RPM. Yeah, that's kind of, it's a, it's just a different animal. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, they do, they do get a little bit of lope, uh, and you will be able to notice it has cams in it. Yeah. Uh, um, so you'll definitely see a difference between it and the stock cam. Right. Uh, if, you know, just listening, you know, all the cars that we get here, I can tell, okay, that car's got cams in it. Yeah. it it's not, you know, like you said, it's not beating the ground, you know, right. surging the, the torque converter. It's, you know, chopping so hard, but you can say, like, oh, it sounds like it has cams yeah. in it. We're all caught up on questions at this time. Oh, wow. Man, blew through them. You're answering them too fast. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about what you do at Comp? And You, know, you said you've been oh, there 13 years? So I've been at Comp for 13 years. I started, uh, came in on our 1-800 tech line. Oh, um, oh kind of got started there. Uh, went through a lot of training oh, uh, to uh, kind of prepare me to answer that, oh, uh, that phone call when it comes in. Um, since then, I've uh, I moved basically from answering the phones as a tech over into I ran our electronic response department uh, for a little bit, which is basically the uh, still answering technical stuff, uh, technical questions, just doing it through email, live chat, um, you know, web forum based stuff. Um, oh, did that for a while, and then I moved over into an area now uh, where I'm at, what we call internally engine builder sales. Uh, so I still kind of do the same thing. I do sales uh, and I do technical support, but I do it for people that have direct accounts uh, set up with us. Uh, so uh, BMP is my account, which is why I'm here. Oh, um, oh, but so when these guys have questions about our products, they call me. Right. Oh, um, and that's kind of the way that works. And so oh, um, it's a pretty good gig most days. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you're a mod motor guy yourself. Yeah, well, I'm honestly an anything that's fast guy, okay. but I, I own a mod motor currently. I, uh, so I've got a, a an 04 Cobra currently uh, that I play with. Uh, it's a fun car. I enjoy it. I, um, oh, but, yep, I, uh, I would take anything else that's fast, too. Oh, I'm, I'm not too brand loyal. I do tend to prefer Mustangs over my uh, stuff. See, that's but, a better answer there. That's better. <laughs> In the past, it was assumed that generally more duration equals more top end and losing low end. Is that actually still the case, or has modern tuning and other factors been able to negate that? Oh, that's kind of an overgeneralization of it, but essentially correct, yes. Uh, so the, the larger the camshaft, the more duration on it uh, is generally going to move the power up in the RPM band. Um, so, uh, and will a lot typically pull away low end torque. Um, now it kind of depends on like where we're comparing, uh, um, also, uh, because if you're, it may still make more low end torque on a bigger duration cam. If the cam that was in it in the first place was just way too small for the application. Right. Uh, um, so, but yes, uh, in a generalized statement, uh, the more duration, is definitely going to move the power band up in the RPM band uh, and not create more low end torque. That's a good explanation. Mm. Well, you're full of those. I'm, I'm well practiced at pretending like, like I know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about. I feel like you've had plenty of phone calls of uh, trying to figure out a simple way to explain a complicated problem. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and that's that's really the deal. That probably a lot of that stems from my time on the tech line. Probably. Yeah. I, um, so I I get to be in a unique 
position every day where I can go over and talk to any of the engineers at comp anytime I want to. Uh, I go harass Billy Godbold on a daily basis. <laughs> I, uh, and I take great pleasure in it too, Billy, if you happen to see this. So, <laughs> I, um, but, um, oh, what did you, so, what did you say Billy did? What is you said he's a physicist? Uh, Billy, is, so he is our lead camshaft uh, valve train design engineer, and he is a nuclear physicist. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, that that's correct. Oh, um, oh, just in case oh, you want to send your rods to space or something. We got absolutely, the guy to do it. absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is. Uh, uh, I must begrudgingly admit, a uh, pretty intelligent individual <laughs> uh, and does a pretty phenomenal job for us. Yeah. And, you know, we're somewhat lucky to have him. Yeah. And, I feel like you're saying all this in the hopes that he kind of sees it. And... Oh, oh, I absolutely <laughs> hope he sees it. Because oh, I'm going to say much meaner things to him when I see him in person. So. It's always good fun. Yeah, absolutely. you got to have thick skin to work in the car industry. That's and, absolutely true. I think I'm working on like year six of it. About yep. year two was when the thick skin starts to develop. I think about our Canada trip is when yeah, it really starts yeah, to set yeah, in. Absolutely, absolutely. So I actually, I actually had the pleasure of working with Mr. Mick here for, I guess, pretty much all six years I've been in the yeah, industry. That's right. About six or seven years now since I met you, and we had some, we had some, had some good trips together. We did across the border, car yep. shows, and things like that. So for sure, lots of memories there. I'm not sure all of them are. Uh, I don't know that we want to talk about them on a public <laughs> forum uh, uh, all the time, uh, uh, but they, we had about, lots of fun, uh, and about, we got lots of business done. So. Right, right. Getting pulled over on a fire truck in Canada yep. with a major account. That's correct. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, your boss was on the fire truck with us. That's true. And the general manager of the account was driving the fire truck. Yeah, so we were in the clear. <laughs> I mean, oh, I was just trying to make the customer happy. <laughs> Would you describe the general differences between the Stage 1, Stage 2 NA cams on the 1819 GT? It's a Stage 2 more geared towards street-slash-strip applications? Yes. I, uh, so the stage, the stage 1 is basically, just think of it as kind of a, it's an entry-level performance camshaft. It's a, it's a decent enough jump up from stock to make it worth doing. Uh, um, Oh, in a solid horsepower pickup, but it will still maintain mostly stock drivability and characteristics. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, um, um, oh, so you don't really get into any of the oh, um, you know, low end torque loss much or anything like that uh, with that entry set of cams. The stage two is kind of an evolution beyond that, obviously. Um, oh, gets into more aimed at street strip type cars. Certainly, uh, you could drive uh, the Stage 2 cams in a daily car, you know, if you wanted to. Um, sometimes what a person is willing to drive, you know, and yeah. what they're willing to, to put up with as a driver is very different from individual to individual. Um, but, oh, personally, I wouldn't have any problems at all oh, uh, oh, driving those on the street uh, at in the least, yeah. oh, um, oh, but it will move the RPM range up a bit. Uh, you'll see a big jump in your mid-range power, and of course, top end. Oh, um, oh, probably see a little bit of loss in, in low-end torque. You know, down there, kind of three thousand and less. But oh, so that's certainly still an important area oh, when we're driving around in our streetcar. Uh, so I don't want to discount it, but at the same time, if you're out there really kind of flogging on it. Oh, how, how often are you, you know, worried about under three thousand? Right, a lot, you know? right. 
Oh, so you're going to, at that point, probably be more 4,500 and up, typically. Right. And that's kind of the power area that's going to matter if, you know, if you're at wide open throttle, if you're out there kind of railing on it a little bit. So I actually, do we have any questions? Um, Nastang just says, uh, talking about his GT350, he says, good points. Again, I'm thinking about my GT350 because the low end is already junk as it is. <laughs> if one day uh, a cam package were to be offered, will that low end and daily livability get absolutely abysmal? No. I'll, uh, it, will, I'll, uh, it won't ever get to that. Um, I don't think it'll get any better. No, it, it, it's not going to get better. Um, oh, it's kind of inherent in the design of those engines, really. Welcome, They're welcome to Honda life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof, man. Wow. Let's compare it to a Honda. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I daily drive a Honda. They're great, but <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, got to live in the RPM band. Right. right? That's right. That's right. Got to keep uh, Yeah. You know, just stick it in the next gear lower. I'll, um, I'll put a little deeper rear end gear in it. It'll be fine. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yep. But no. Uh, yeah. It, definitely not going to improve there. But it's not going to. We would never put anything out uh, as an off the shelf product. That's gonna make. Oh, uh, that's gonna be just terrible down in that area. You could custom um, grind a cam that would make it terrible. Absolutely. Yep. One hundred percent. Shack, who's a regular uh, of ours, who times in, he chimes in on I think all of our shows. He says, "I need variable cam timing for my three ninety three Winster. Make it happen." Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I think that one might be a lost cause for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nastang, who again is a regular, uh, he's the one with the GT350. He says, haha, I have autocross friends who have said my car is basically a big S2000. <laughs> sort of. It's like, I, a, uh, it's like a two. No offense to S2000 owners, but it's way cooler than an <laughs> S2000. Two, two F22 motors bolted next to each other. That's basically GT350. Yeah, right, absolutely, absolutely. How, uh, how, yeah, those cars are, are truly awesome. How, uh, but. Yeah, they're just, uh, they're definitely not designed for low-end torque. No, it was one of those cars, like, I'd probably give a kidney for one of them or something. Probably, yeah. probably, at least half of one. Right. <laughs> We're caught up at this point. Um, what I was going to say is that I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, well, way to go, Chuck. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, I was going to say, uh, what, what about some, some fast stuff? Because I know that that's, you know, maybe not super... Yeah, coyote relatable, but I'm sure we still have some viewers out there who are interested in like kind of what fast does. It's yeah, a big company. Uh, so uh, fast offers basically standalone aftermarket fuel injection. Um, so in in a different versions. So we, we've got the self tuning, self learning kits. Uh, we were the first company to bring those to market. Right. Uh, um, that was when they actually worked. Uh, um, oh, then. Um, <laughs> Slight jab <laughs> at a certain uh, company. <laughs> I'll, um, but it's not really, but oh, it was kind of true. I'll, um, oh, but um, oh, those have done very well. Uh, all of our kits, uh, they're made in the U.S., uh, so it's not an offshore piece or anything. Um, oh, those are great for like a carburetor replacement type setups. Yep. Uh, you kind of graduate from the, so we've got the easy fuel. You graduate up to the easy 2.0. From there, uh, we also have the XFI versions, which is the laptop programmable setup. Right. You guys have mm -hmm. a, it's like a carb setup with like a port spray kind of injection. Mm -hmm. And then you guys have like individual eight, uh, eight injector setup. And then you have like an eight injector setup that's programmable by a laptop. Is that yes. the three steps? 
Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, um, so, and on the laptop programmable piece, we've, there's a few different versions, actually. So there's XFI Street, XFI Sportsman, then what we call XFI 2.0, which is kind of our premier kit. Um, so that uh, set up, oh, you can do eight injectors, or you can do 16 injectors. Um, yeah. Oh, you can do six-cylinder, eight-cylinder. Um, oh, and it, it's basically a complete standalone. Which we do have for that guy's Windsor. We do have. Uh, I still can't do the VVT, but you know we can. Uh, we'll make more power than that carburetor. <laughs> Joshua says uh, I have stage three uh, comp cams on my fourteen GT. Thank you. Keeping uh, my kid in shoes. Keeping thirty wheel to thirty to the wheel and uh, loves it. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Oh, I appreciate the uh, the review back. We love to get feedback from customers. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody ever calls back and says, hey, this is junk or, hey, this is awesome. And, you know, <laughs> we, we never really got to know. So, yeah, uh, any feedback, even bad feedback, oh, um, is it, still good feedback. Uh, we definitely, definitely want to hear from customers. Yeah, Comp didn't get to where it was today by just, like, putting the blinders on. Like, oh, we messed no, up. I don't want to hear yeah, about no, it. No, ab- absolutely not. Oh, um, so it's definitely... It's a company run by a bunch of car guys uh, who wanted to make better products yep. for people in our in our hobby. Having personally met like the all the way up to ownership of Comp and worked with them for several years, I have to say like I, I can't agree more. It's it's like what we are at VMP. VMP. I was telling yep. you yesterday, our sales guys out there replacing control arms on his Mach One. Right. You know, covered <laughs> covered yes. in grease. It's like uh, what other company can you go to where it's like literally every person in this building. Has a performance car, works on a performance car, knows about performance cars. I like yep. comps the same way. Everybody I've talked to there can you know shoot the crap with you about you know oh this cam setup or oh, these lifters or whatever. It's oh like, yeah, it's the same story mm-hmm. there. Yeah, usually like if you're if you're gonna work in this industry, how uh, then you're you're probably passionate about it. You gotta have uh, at least some sort of passion towards yeah. it. Yeah, if not, you're gonna get bored fast. Go sell, go sell toilets if you're not a right. Yeah, you'll right? probably make more money doing that. <laughs> <Right>. So. <laughs> So the GT350 guy is back, and he says, uh, this will be controversial, Oh, uh, I like hear him out. He says, I know long tubes are recommended when heads are ported and cams are upgraded, but my car is so effing loud as it is, <laughs> and I would like to keep stock cats. If I did a head and cam job, would I damage anything? I know performance would be better with long tubes. This is all just hypotheticals here. Yeah. Would he damage anything? Probably not. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Assuming the tune is on point. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Assuming everything else is in order, how I, uh, I don't, I wouldn't see any reason how, uh, for it to cause damage. But it's certainly going to hurt a little bit of power out of it. Yeah, I mean, they they sell if you're if you're looking to keep you know cats in the car and keep it quieted down. I mean, they sell high flow high flow cats. That's probably where I would look at um, stainless works. People like that have high flow cat long tubes. Right. Sit. You know, they're going to keep the car quiet-ish, not as loud as a straight catless setup. Right. And keep your emissions legal and help with the flow. Because, yep. you you know, engines are just air pumps, and the more True. air you put into them, you have to get that air out of them. So, I mean, you're going to, if you do heads, cam, package type stuff on a GT350 up in the 8,000 RPM range, you're bringing a lot of air in. It's got to it's get out, too. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, it's the, oh, um, that's really the thing. Oh, uh, so it's the more air you can get in, and then you also have to get that air out. Yep. Oh, um, oh, and that's how we make more horsepower. Um, oh, you know, do I think it's really going to be likely to hurt anything on that guy's setup? No. no. Oh, um, you know, do I think it'll probably cost you a little bit of power and torque? Sure. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, maybe even a little bit of topside RPM range. Addition, but would the additional back pressure of having terrible. cats actually help his torque problem? It's a good question. How I mean, um, maybe it would probably maybe horsepower kind of like to test it before. <laughs> yeah. How, um, how, yeah, I'm, I'm right. asking for the official stamp here. Yeah, yeah, not, all right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, uh, but yeah, no. How um, it probably wouldn't hurt at that point, um, but it's not going to help really how uh, evacuate the exhaust anymore. No, how, uh, either. So, Terminator Lou says hello there. Howdy. I've got your NSR Stage 2 supercharger cams in my Gen 2 5 liter. I'm NA at the moment. How do these cams respond to boost application per pound? For example, 12 PSI. What's the average gain? We were just talking, I was just talking to the tuners yesterday about this because my car getting the cams, we're obviously not expecting a ton of NA gain. Sure. But we're expecting an exponential return when we supercharge the car. Right. As far as what he's getting into there with like how many pounds per horsepower are you going to see that's maybe more your style? I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, that there's not an easy way to really say that because um, there, there's not a good way uh, to just be like, oh, well, it'll always, you know, for 10 pounds of boost, it'll end up being this much gain. Right. How uh, cause it's not how uh, it's not a linear deal. It's it's gonna vary from application to application. And I know everybody hates when I say that, but it, it's it's one answers <laughs> right. How um oh, but um it's also gonna depend a little bit on like where that boost is coming from. Like you know, is it gonna be uh, a VMP you know twenty six fifty blower? Is it gonna be a turbo? Is it gonna be a vortex centrifugal? Yeah. How um you know all of those are gonna respond a little different. Um, those NA cams specifically, um, with it being on a Coyote and having the advantage of the variable cam time and be able to kind of move it around a bit, uh, you could certainly make them more blower friendly, uh, yeah. um, you know, versus like a traditional, you know, like small block Ford or small block Chevy cam, uh, where it's kind of, you know, you got what you got. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, so that would help, uh, and it would definitely going to be better than the stock cams. Yeah. Uh, um, that, that's what we were talking about. Is it, it, just because a set of cams isn't specifically a blower cam. Right. They it doesn't will, mean it won't work. Yeah, they will still perform better than a stock cam. Yeah. There's maybe not the conversation about squeezing the extra five out kind yep. of thing. Yeah, typically. I'll, um, and, like, you know, it, it depends a lot, too. So, like, uh, this gentleman here was saying 12 pounds of boost. Well... You know, at 12 pounds of boost, really, we can get away with a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's not, uh, at that point, we're not putting a lot of boost into it. Um, we don't have to get that particular with, like, oh, hey, you know, this has to be a blower grind. Yep. Now, like what we were talking about with Joe yesterday on the car with 32 pounds of boost, that's a whole different world. <laughs> uh, um, so... You know, it's oh, at 32 pounds of boost, yeah, like it, it, it <laughs> needs blower-specific camshafts. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, like, yep, that's going to matter. I will venture mm-hmm. to say not a lot of our customers run 30 PSI on a rich oh, style blower. Probably but. not a lot of them. <laughs> Is the load for the direct injection HPFP on the 1819 GTs also modified for increased pump flow? I actually don't know that answer. I do not either. 
I think that uh, I think that the cams that we put in my car, the uh, fuel pump lobe was the same as the stock cams. I'll um, actually. Well, I said I don't either. Let me go back. I do. Um, oh, right now uh, on all the cams that we've done, uh, oh, we have not done any um, higher flow on uh, on the on the DI yeah. lobes. Uh, that doesn't mean that won't come later but it's just kind of one of those things we're we're still looking into there that's still kind of part of the testing that's uh being done um i know you guys did, so, you guys got real big into that with like the c7 corvette cam type yes. stuff you guys were making lobes for the high pressure fuel pump things yep. on there but that was after the car had been out for a while and a lot of research and development yeah. and so kind of like well what we were talking about at the uh, end of yesterday um, so on those setups, you know, they're basically, they're DI only. Yeah. I'll, um, so, and you know, at that point, yes, you know, the fuel pump lobe is, you know, we need Incredibly to get, valuable. right, you know, <laughs> we need everything we can get out of that stock system. But Ford did us a favor there and it's DI plus port injection. Yep. I'll, um, so you can add extra fuel uh, by going to a bigger injector or something with the port injection. Right. And that is realistically probably a better option uh, with that setup than trying to go the larger DI lobe uh, uh, setup on the cams. I feel like we just need to have, like, GoPros set up around the entire VMP building and just recording it all the time. Because, like, the conversation that we had yesterday after work, yeah, that's, like, great information. Right. But it was two hours of conversation. Correct. So. Correct. Yeah, it's hard to fit down to now. <laughs> No, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. What else we got, Carrie? How many actual hours will it take to do cams on a GT500? What do you guys charge in the shop for? Oh, um, I do not know. I would, I would guess that's ten to twelve hours. Roughly. That, that probably sounds about right. Oh, um, we, have a, we have an entire spreadsheet that shows this, and unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me. Well, way to go, Chuck. It's kind of like when you got cell phone numbers saved in your phone. You don't have to remember phone numbers yeah, anymore. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, Chris came on and says, unfortunately, I can't watch the whole episode right now, so forgive if it's been asked, but I have three questions. One, right. is there any benefit to running the GT350 cam specs on the 5-liter firing order? Two... How would the power band pickup and change with that can be? And I'm waiting for the third question. So essentially, he's looking at swapping GT350 cams into yeah into a Coyote. Uh, well, actually, so that's gonna not be very good. Um, <laughs> so um, the I don't know off the top of my head what the actual specs on the GT350 cam are uh, from direct from forward. Uh, but the geometry on those heads on the Voodoo is completely different, and the rocker ratio is completely different uh, versus a standard Coyote. And it's actually it's smaller. Um, so the oh, uh, the valve train pieces are smaller and lighter weight on the GT350, which is good for RPM. RPM, yeah. Uh, uh, but the rocker ratio is also less. Um, so you'd end up with like less lift, and you can essentially you scrub a little bit of duration out of it. And then of course your geometry is all wrong anyway, so it's not actually gonna oh, uh, do. It's not gonna be what it's supposed to be. So basically, what I figured out is you're kind of saying not not a great swap. Yeah, no, no, oh, uh, definitely not something you wanna wanna get into there. Right. How, um, Taking the whole voodoo head, putting it on the coyote. Yep. Now we're talking. Okay. Now we're talking. So. Well, if now you have access to the cams, make sure you just get access to the heads, too. That's right. That's what I'm hearing here. Yep. 
what makes PD blower cams different from turbo or nitrous cams? Ooh. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. So, positive displacement blowers, um, centrifugal blowers, and nitrous cams are all actually somewhat similar. Um, there are slight variations and differences, and, and that comes down to a little bit of an application deal and you know, how much nitrous, how much boost, how big is the PD blower, uh, et cetera. Um, but they are all very different from a turbo cam. Uh, so turbo cams um, versus like blower nitrous cams. Uh, so like on a blower nitrous cam, you're generally going to see uh, – quite a bit more exhaust duration um, uh, split to the exhaust duration than what you would see like on an NA cam. Uh, so like if we can just kind of throw out numbers uh, as a talking point, like on an NA cam, if there's about six degrees of split to the exhaust from the intake. So uh, uh, if the intake's 230, the exhaust would be 236. Yeah. Uh, oh, on a blower cam um, or nitrous cam, and this is pretty generalized, but uh, it might, instead of that 6 degrees, it might be 10, 12, 15 degrees. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, <clears throat> oh, and then, of course, we're going to spread the lobe separation out as well. Yep. Um, so on a turbo cam, typically you're not going to see near as much split. Uh, and that's going to come back to also depending on like what turbo it is, uh, what the exhaust housing is, how efficient that turbo is. Uh, the type of back pressure uh, that that individual turbo setup produces. Oh, uh, back pressure is like actually uh, probably the, the most single important piece uh, when you're doing a turbo cam. Unfortunately, it's something that you don't generally know until there's a camshaft in it. Uh, then you can measure it kind of <laughs> after the fact. Uh, so it's almost like you need to do two cams. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, most like street turbo type setups are going to be relatively high back pressure and that typically means you're going to want to bring that exhaust duration in probably like even a single pattern camshaft uh, or maybe just a small split like two four degrees to the exhaust Uh, and you're going to be out fairly wide on the lobe separation as well on a pd car you could have as much as 15 versus on a on a uh, turbo car you're talking as little as zero to two Um, yes Yes, uh, and like I said, there there's definitely times where you can get in applications that cause those to kind of cross over a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, and then just to kind of general rules uh, out there. Oh yeah, like on a PD blower, um, you can usually get away with bringing the exhaust in a little bit more versus like a like a centrifugal type setup. Uh, but it still typically wants to favor the exhaust some. Um, you can also usually get away with being slightly tighter on the lobe separation on a PD blower deal uh, than like a centrifugal or um, oh, on, on a versus a turbo setup as well. <laughs> but it still, it's going to end up coming back to what the specific application is, what the blower is, it's, et cetera. It's funny listening to you talk about this because it's like I, everyone knows that guy that's like, oh, no, Jimmy, he'll spec my cams for me. You know, I trust Absolutely. My friend. I trust my friend Jimmy. Yep. He works down at the lube down mm, there. Right, and, uh, yeah, Jimmy knows everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, listening to you talk about it, it's like, hold on a second. Chris, who had the other two questions, <laughs> had the other two questions and he had a third one, came back and said, at what compression ratio increase does PVT become a concern? Sorry, say it again. He says, at what compression ratio increase does PVT become a concern? I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. Yeah, well. I'm not sure. 
Oh, but I'll tell you what, if he would like to provide an email address, I will try to get his question answered and I will email it to him. I think that might be the first time we've had a vendor do that. Chris? Mm. Oh. oh. That's dedication, Nick. Oh. Hey, man. <laughs> Got to answer the public. Um, Terminator Lou, who asked previously about the NSR Stage 2 supercharger cams, came back and said, I hate your answer. I was hoping you'd say something like, hell yeah, you're going to make an extra 400 horsepower per pound. LOL. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Jane Tucker says, how do the L&M paired exhaust NSR cams that VMP sells and comps make do with a PD blower? Um, oh, well, I'll tell you. I think, this, I don't, I think these are here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, was, uh, I definitely know who L&M is. I don't know what that specific grind is, to be honest with you. There you um, go. Let's see. Oh, researching. Yep. Oh, well, that's intake cams. How uh, both actually? How? Um, oh, I would have to know really kind of the rest of the grind to honestly answer that question. Um, but just kind of looking off, I've only got the intake cams in front of me. Um, but on a smaller PD blower on a Coyote type setup, um, that intake duration. Um, is looking fine to me. Um, certainly the lift is no, no problem at all there. Um, oh, and then kind of what they've got set up there for lobe separation and everything is, is fine. Um, I have to know the rest of the specs, really, uh, to say, sorry, I apologize, I just don't know L&M's grind right off the top of my head. Um, but uh, most likely uh, they would be very, very good together well, on a PD blower. Um, oh, in that power range, that cam's going to come into its power bend pretty quickly. Oh, oh, that ought to work pretty well. Tim wants to know, when stuff says no springs required, how bad is it to add springs? It's never bad to add springs. Never, like, it's always better to put an after, like a heavier, higher pressure aftermarket spring on it. Right. Now, Oh, uh, it doesn't mean it's required. And so, you know, as the name says, no springs required. It means you can get away with it on a stock spring. Um, but a higher pressure spring oh, uh, from a manufacturer like us is going to be made of a better quality wire. Oh, um, oh it's generally going to be, especially inverter and nitrous. Which cams would you suggest? I hear keeping the stock exhaust cams keep the torque up. What are your thoughts? Go ahead, Chuck. Hey, man, that's not in my league, brother. <laughs> Sorry, I'll uh, repeat the, I'll, uh, that again for me. Okay, so um, he's got a 14 Mustang. Gotcha. 6R80 with a 4C converter in nitrous. Okay. So he wants to know which cams would you suggest? Basically. Oh, okay. I'll, um, oh, 14 Coyote... Um, so I'm going to just kind of take a stab that that's probably 3,000-ish area stall. Uh, did he say how much nitrous? Mm -hmm. No, Janssen, oh. how much nitrous are you shooting at it? Probably call it 150. It's probably Yeah, it's probably somewhere between 100 to 200 is kind of the, the average-ish yep. uh, deal. Um, on something like that, um, 
something in the two thirties at fifty. Uh, I don't have I don't have our grinds listed out in front of me at the moment, but uh, like our stage two um, NA cams is is probably a, a great choice uh, for that setup. Um, oh. But yeah, something in the two thirties at fifty oh, um, is going to be. I think those stage twos, if I remember right, are like two thirty one, two thirty seven or so, and that's going to be about perfect. Yeah, give us he a call. Said, he said between one hundred, hundred fifty shot. Yep. Give us a yeah. call here at VMP. We can get him for you. Um, Ronnie wants to know: Is fuel type ninety three versus E eighty five relevant to cam selection on a supercharged F one fifty five liter? Uh, he's on 12 pounds of boost currently. Oh, oh. so is E85 compared to what? 93. 90, 90, oh, just 90, okay. Does fuel, um, fuel octane change what cam you should run? You know, n- not typically, no. Um, so typically I would not change my cam recommendation for uh, 93 octane versus um, like E85. Um there are some things you can do in a cam grind, and this would be more in kind of a race setup. Yep. Oh, uh, versus like, oh, uh, you know, race gas versus like, say, a methanol mm-hmm. uh, run alcohol engine or something. Um, sometimes you can kind of pull the exhaust duration back in a little bit to keep a little extra heat in it because it, uh, it's harder for the alcohol to burn. And how, um, you know, there's some stuff you can do there. But most of the time, I would say probably 98% of the time, I just cam it for what the engine is and yeah. what the setup's going to want, and the fuel is the fuel. Actually, um, that's what you're saying about like keeping heat in it if it's an alcohol car or something like that. It makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. I never really thought about that before, uh, but yeah. So it does tend to help those. Like, you know, that's one of those things, like, probably isn't really going to come into play on a street car on like an 85 or something. But on a race car that's, you know, only basically being warmed up in the pits and then going to go make a blast down, you know, a quarter or eighth mile track. Gets the uh, up a little oh, bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, so it starts to make a little bit more of an impact. Yeah. I've, I've seen intake-only side cams before, like L&M does. Do you not really need to upgrade the exhaust side on modern Ford modular engines if you're staying NA? Um, well, no. Uh, you do need to upgrade the exhaust side is, is really the answer to that. Now, you can upgrade the intake cams and leave the stock exhaust cams, and it's still more power uh, than what the stock intake cams were in there. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's not wrong to do that. Right. Uh, but, you know, certainly if you upgrade the exhaust cams as well, it's just more that right. you're going to gain. Uh, um, oh, it's going to be you're even better. There. You're already in the engine. You're already Correct. You've, yeah, you're, you're already there. Tire cover off. You got the, everything apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, at that point, really, because oh, uh, what, what you really get into at that point is you in, you're going to end up with a reverse split set of camshafts. Oh, uh, so your intake duration is going to be larger than what your exhaust duration is. Uh, assuming uh, that you're going to be on uh, aftermarket camshaft lobes, uh, like ours or something, they're way more aggressive than what a factory lobe design is. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, yes, you know, will it make more power by just doing that? And is that a kind of a little bit less expensive way to approach it? 
Uh, absolutely. And man, if the, you know if that's what the budget fits for that car, go with it. Yeah. Um, doing intake cams you know, is 100% better than doing no cams at that's all. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but you know if the you know if you can save another few months or what you know whatever you need to do or whatever and squeeze in the exhaust cams with it, also even better. Yep. Yeah, we're kind of. I'm kind of learning, you know, as we're watching the step by step process on my car. It's not. It's not an easy job. It is not. It, it's not stabbing a, you know, an old 305 Magnum cam in a 383 Chevy. It's a little bit more involved. Nasty. Mm-hmm. He was just asking about the uh, side cam. Said, "Cool. I figured if you crack open the block, you might as well do it all." Was my thinking anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's really the thing. Oh, because uh, at, at that point, I mean, yes, the extra two cams themselves are going to cost you a little bit more money. <clears throat> but other than that, like, if at any point after you've done that, you decide, hey, I want exhaust cams, well, now you got to pay these guys or somebody like them another 10 hours worth of labor to go back in there and do what you could have just done up front. Yep. Oh, and so it's, it's kind of one of those spend a little bit more money now things to save you more money down the road. And oil pump gears and sprocket while you're in there. Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah especially yeah, if like you're that far into car. this deal, just go ahead and do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I guess you could get into it. Like, you could really get into the weeds with that, though. Well, if I got the intake off, I might as well, well just do the blower. True, true. Well, I mean, but, you know, hey. But not to take away from your, your cam <laughs> suggestions. Absolutely right, correct. Right, mm-hmm. uh, We're caught up at this point. What time are we looking at? it's 2.30. Oh, man, time flies. Well... Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I do want to give one last shout-out to our VMP team out there running at NMRA. NMRA. I can't talk now. NMRA. NMRA. At Bowling Green, like I said, we have Michael Soprowski, Bill Putman, Samantha Moore, all three coming away with hardware. Great job, guys. We appreciate what you guys are doing for the VMP brand. Keep on doing it. We'll keep on supporting you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for the questions. Thanks to Aaron Mick, CompCams, coming and hanging out with us. But uh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday on Tuning Tuesday. Bye, everybody.